So, have you heard the latest news about Liam Neeson? But who hasn't heard the news about Liam Neeson? I know. I know. It's kind of upsetting, to like say the least. Like, I don't know what he was thinking. All right, all right. So... Yes, when he ate all of those pies at yes. once, you, you you have to we have to proceed as if okay people if have people not have not heard. Not heard. So he was being interviewed, uh, probably for his upcoming movie. What is it called again? Uh, uh, now it's called Cold Pursuit. I think. Isn't okay. It? All right. Yeah, it's a whodunit sort of thing remade from. Who, who did it? In order of disappearance. Netherlands or whatever. Yes. Uh, no, not the Netherlands. It, it was. Well, he's. It's either takes place in Sweden and he's Norwegian, or it takes place in Norway and he's Swedish. I okay. can't remember, but I it's can't still in Skarsgård. Yeah. Yes, exactly. A and very tired plow driver. Yes, who slowly takes revenge I on want this you gang. To listen to me. Yeah, and uh, Did this guy fall asleep. Yeah, we actually turned it off the original <laughs> film, so yeah. uh, maybe the new one will be better with Liam Neeson. I don't know, but uh, well, uh, his interview did not go well. It depends on who the bad guys are. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of wondering. Uh, <laughs> so look at who the bad guys are. Keep going. So he is re- common in this. Oh, Uh-oh. Stop common! It. Look out! Look out, common! <laughs> so somebody was—I don't even know how it got on this subject during the interview, but he was talking about how a friend of his had gotten raped and uh, in Glasgow and. Uh, in and uh, he asked her who raped her, and she said it was a a, a black man, like a, a rather I don't know, it's like he was he rather large or something like that. And she just described him as a black man. I think you are now adding your own. Am I weird personal details to okay. it? And you're heading for your own Neeson here. Oh, so no. just finish up the story. Okay, so then there he... isn't a single black person in the movie, as far as I can tell. Oh boy. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. This, you know, this, okay, so this is good. This is good to know. This is a real live event that simply has a beginning, middle, and end, and you still can't get it out. So oh, now, fine. now we see that it's a, a narrative disability. It's, it has nothing to do with like how films are subjective or anything like that in your, hey, tell me what happens in so and so. You just can't, you're just not able to do this. I think that's a little unfair. This isn't about us. This is about Liam Neeson. Okay, Finish. so Liam Neeson then decided to, like, take to the streets of Glasgow with, like, a a bat or something like that, or a club, and he was looking for possible, like, suspects who could fit this description. So, in other words, he was looking for black men. No, he was looking for, and should, you just say, quote. Uh, quote. Black bastard. Right. Quote, black bastard. No, you're supposed to say end quote. Oh, end quote. This is the finely oiled machine. <laughs> this is it, us running in tandem. I'm sorry. Looking for a black bastard while I've got a cosh and I'm on the, the streets of Glasgow looking for. Listen, listen to me. Listen to me. I know. Have you seen a black man? Yeah. <laughs> what? It's not, it's not great. It, it puts him in a really... Really bad light. The only, the only thing, and what a dumb thing to say. I know. The only thing I can think of is that you answer so many questions in these press conferences and mm-hmm. the junkets. We've seen this before, like with the Marvel boys going, oh, cats, she's the slut of the of the Avengers or whatever. Right. Uh, and people were mad about that. And then yeah. eventually it went away. But 
there seems like there's real <laughs> consequences to this. I mean, I don't think anybody was going to see Cold Pursuit anyway. No. But it's it's not not doing well. No. Bad. Bad, and, ba- bad box office. And they're talking about taking him out of Men in Black or something yes, like that. Yes, he's going to be in Men in Black, and supposedly they want to get him out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Michelle Rodriguez, who... Michelle? Michelle. Remember how rough it was for you mm-hmm. when you were not having a good time. Right. And you have totally rehabilitated your image. Yeah. You're back in movies. You're doing it now. Mm-hmm. I Maybe you feel for him, but maybe just back away from don't the explosion. say anything. Yeah. yeah. But she defended him. She's like, there's no way he could be a racist. And I don't think that he's a racist. I don't think he but is what either. A dumb thing but to say. it was really And she's dumb. like, there's no way he could be a racist because of how good he kisses um, Viola Davis in Widows. Oh my gosh. What? <laughs> so now she's, so he's apologized. Michelle Rodriguez has apologized. Of course. And my original point, the only thing I can think of is he's trying to connect this stupid movie, which is a cynical remake. Of a kind of dumb, cynical, like actually cynical film from Norway. Mm-hmm. We'll go with that. Sure. Uh, and he's trying to connect. I need to talk about this for 90 minutes. And I'm trying to connect my own personal experiences. So the imagined, uh, postulated question here is, uh, Mr. Neeson, right. did you ever feel in your, many of your movies are about revenge. Did you ever feel a time in your life when you wanted revenge? And he's like, right. Suddenly, oh, there's this story about this time that a person I knew was, I was looking for revenge, you know. And the end of the story is, and after about two weeks, I realized, what what the hell am I doing? Right. This is stupid. Right. So it's okay because he didn't kill anybody. (laughs) Right. Or beat anybody up or, yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And it wasn't also, I got his name the it started with a c and it ended with an o it, it wasn't like he was looking for somebody specific he was walking around glasgow i know waiting for any person of color to come out of a bar or whatever and try to start a fight with him and then he was going to murder that person right now was this 40 years ago yes yes was he ever going to do anything no probably not but it just doesn't it looks horrible it especially does. right now yeah and this is the problem with this whole cancel culture is that how long does a cancel last? I don't know. Yeah. Mel Gibson's back. Right. I don't know how long cancel lasts. Right. But we need to make a distinction between, like, say, for instance, a guy that runs the most famous movie company ever literally making his penis like a turnstile for you to get into the business. Right. And an old, tired actor that says something really stupid <laughs> yes. at a press conference. I would agree with that. Yes. They, they shouldn't get the same consequences yes. for those crimes. So his, this movie's ruined. Yeah, go ahead. I say cut him out of Men in Black. Uh, right. And he'll never make this mistake again. Yeah. But then we'll let him come back and be a murderous old man again, long as everybody's white. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, I don't. I think that we're keeping the. I, the I'm not sure where this is set. I don't care about this film. Right. But I'm th- pretty sure that it's set in America. I'm pretty sure it is. And too. so, or maybe not, because there are literally no um, black people in it yeah. that I can see, and so. That's a little weird, just in modern it casting is. terms. Mm. But anyway, thank God, thank God, because uh, they'd probably have a couple. Well, th- if they wouldn't be, they'd just cut that. If there's a black henchman, he only kills three people instead of four. Right, just cut that out. Right. Uh, it's not. It's Day, not good. Thursday. I know. Body falling down the waterfall. <laughs> not, a, not sure what they were going for. Uh no. It wasn't... In order of disappearance of the audience. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't quite as menacing as I think they wanted it to be. 
And it was just kind of... I don't think that that's... They were trying to. Oh, really? No. He's so tired (laughs) and old. Yeah, I know. That I think that they were trying to do a thing where an old... You know, this old guy decides to do this. And maybe they're... The gang that he's killing is underestimating him because of his oldness. And sure, you know, it's difficult for him to have to beat up a guy and then he's like <gasps> really winded or whatever right and then just runs over his head with his snowplow instead of choking him to death or something but that's where they fell off because he literally takes on guys half of his age mm-hmm. the guys don't even fight back yeah and there's no explanation for that it's not like they are all high or maybe they all realize we killed a kid and we deserve what's coming you know like kill bill no. you know yeah. she's going after some right. some of the viper team is like I think maybe I'm just going to let you kill me. Like, I'm not right. a good person. Um, no, none of that's there. It's just a real tense thing. And then this old guy lumbers in and manages to off all these guys. Uh, and then also, it's kind of funny. Like, the main crime boss I who know. orders all these deaths is like, he doesn't, he hates his ex wife and they're trying to share custody. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> How many minutes are we in here? Um, I don't know, at least 10. Let's probably. get out of this. Okay. Let's get out of this. All right. Uh, we're the just enough to. <laughs> Let's let's get let's get out of this again. Okay. We're the Just Enough Trope Podcast. I'm your host, Caliban, joined as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Mika Hana. And we're on fire. Yeah. We're on two kinds of fire. We are. What what are the different kinds of fire? Um blue cold fire, fire and cold fire. Pale fire, fire Nabokov. Yeah. Okay. Uh there's um peach vanilla fire, of course. <laughs> uh what's going on? I don't I don't know. Coke, you have too much money. Halt and catch fire. Um. Go on. <laughs> Good one. Good one. Uh, but I'm not going to laugh at it. Okay. Yeah, you know why? Because I didn't laugh at your joke. <laughs> Was this joke revenge? Yes, it is. It's joke <laughs> revenge, which would absolutely be the name of this episode if I had not uh, already come up with a better one. Uh, we were watching the movie The Rocketeer the other day. Yes. Thought about what, uh, talking about it on the show. Might still, so I don't, don't want to give too much away. Mm-hmm. But just so bored. Such a bad movie, and I'm just horribly bored, and I'm looking for ways to totally sabotage it. And then near the end, uh, he's fighting uh, James Bond you know, in a, in a balloon. Right. And they're fighting, and they roll over a map. And mm-hmm. then James Bond grabs a... A compass, you know, yes. the two-pronged thing to stab Bill Campbell with, you yes. know. And I'm like, no, no, have some compassion. Right. And you're like, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and for the, the last 10 minutes of the movie, I just pouted over the fact that you didn't even, you got Struggle. it. And you didn't even laugh at yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Sorry. It's not cool. <laughs> oh, you laugh at that. You're going to yes. laugh your head off now yes. for the next hour. Yeah. But you wouldn't laugh at that. <laughs> I'm going to go in with editing and I'm just going to, every time you laugh, I'm going to put my dumb compassion joke in oh front of God. it. <laughs> you you want to see some joke revenge? Yeah. I'll give you a joke oh revenge. Boy. No, we're not, we're not talking about that. Uh, we're not talking about even revenge. We're talking about really a postmortem of a crime yeah, uh, that leads yeah, to justice and not revenge. Yeah. Nobody right. can get revenge in this case. And I think that that's why there are two, count them, two movies yes. about the failed Fire Festival. Mm-hmm. One of them came out on Netflix called Simply Fire. One yes. of them came out on Hulu it's called Fire Fraud. Okay. And we have watched these two films. Yes. Uh, this is um, not exactly timely, but it's a it's a dust blow over situation. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't do the arson investigation till the fire goes out. That's right. And so the fire is out, so to speak. 
And so we're here to talk about it. And we're doing something fun. Since there's two of these, Mm -hmm. I thought that we would, we both watch them individually. Yes. But just one of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, We won't do a guessing game or anything. I'll tell you right now. I watch the Hulu one. You watch the Netflix one. That's correct. We're we're going to, in our final segment, um, compare them Mm -hmm. and see how we think, you know, what the documentary told us about the experience. Sure. And what we really brought out of it. Right. Um, Is there an objective reality? Well, there are the facts of the fallout that we can talk about. Right. But let's see how we both feel. Let's compare. And it really is, um, I'll just give you the subtext, it really is a commentary on documentary and how there is no such thing as impartial journalism. Sure. Um, it doesn't mean we should abandon journalism, but no. we should understand the source. Mm-hmm. I'm just giving, you're looking in the back of the book right now. I'm giving you the right. whole key. Yes. So that's what the that's going to be. Yep. And some news too. How you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah. Good. Um, wish there was some fire in our weather forecast <laughs> that's not it's not as bad as it's been no it's this is not, literally you talking about the weather i know that's not I that's know. that's that's shorthand for bad, bad conversation <laughs> don't know this person and you oh, know the okay. audience all right. intimately all right you know these people all right you know that i don't know maybe at this point they expect weather talk but let's well, let's raise it from hopefully weather Hopefully they don't expect cheese sandwiches because... Yeah, I was going to say, they expect uh, villas. You're giving them, giving them FEMA tents. Yeah, I know. So come on, <laughs> raise it up. All right, let's talk about the news. All right. Compassion. Okay, <laughs> it's another news blast. Do you miss our news programs? <laughs> from the Just Enough Trope News Center, we're telling you the news. Sometimes. I do too. Yeah. I, you know, way back when, I think I... Do you miss twice a week? Um, Who were those crazy people? Jeez, that was kind of crazy, I feel like. Um, we made it work. Yeah. But... Yeah. Yeah. We might do it again. Maybe. Make people pay for it. <laughs> pay for one of them? Well, I mean, I, I, what I'd like to do is, you know, that's our mandate. That's on our masthead, bringing all the news that's fit to cast. Yes. In the world of nerdy entertainment, I like being informed about this stuff. Me too. So I can talk to people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Do I hate surprises? Maybe. I hate it when somebody goes, well, you know, though, something's going to be something. And I'm like, what? I don't know. Where are you I didn't talking know about? That. Yeah. I like knowing stuff. Not to be a know-it-all, but so I can talk about all the stuff. Right. And so, you know, that's why and we do informed. this. Yeah. So, I don't know. I There's a lot of news, once again. You know, this yeah. is, I'm not sure if um, the early, late winter, early spring is uh, when a lot of these deals get signed. But there's a lot that to talk about. Be. And so, I don't know. Maybe we should think about Doing going, going back news to news. Only a, a news brief. Yeah. Okay. In the meantime, here's a bunch of news. <laughs> uh, the Why the Last Man show has been ordered to series. Okay. Screw a pilot. They're going for it at FX. All right. Well, that's probably a good thing. I hope that as a marquee, I guess, writer and um, TV producer, Brian K. Vaughn is going to get all the credit for this. Mm-hmm. But I hope that Pia Guerra gets a lot of credit, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the artist. Yeah, mm-hmm. former guest on the show. Yes, mm-hmm. um, who is so nice, uh, so talented, and so nice, and hopefully she's got like a real bulldog of like an agent and representation. Sure, because I don't see her like really. I see her going like, "Oh, it's good that the show did good," and it's like, "No, bitch, you can make a lot of money off of this. Right. Come on, right? Come on, right? <laughs> like you created this thing. Yes, exactly. Maybe I'm reading her wrong. Um, 
But she seems so. real nice. Yeah, she's she's very nice. <laughs> and I want her to get paid. Yes. Off of this. Mm-hmm. So um, good luck to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Legion is going to end at season three on FX. Oh man, well that makes me a little bummed. According I mean, I to I guess we get one more season. Creator but... Noah Hawley, he's always envisioned it as a three episode or sorry, excuse me, three season thing. Well, I guess it's better to end before you run out of ideas. You know, or you've outstayed your welcome. Yeah. I'm, I'm not happy about it just being three seasons, but I guess I'd prefer that over them squeaking them out. Where do you go? I, that's just it. I don't know. I mean, you you could go anywhere. They. I know. This production has the imagination and the drive and the creativity to do anything. Mm-hmm. But if you're telling a story about a guy who is confused, you know, we don't know about this guy. He wants to be good, but can he? Is he a good? lot of people are really upset about how it wrapped up at the end of season yes. two, but that is the turn, which is like, he's not good, or he might right. not be good, right. and then act three is, you know, redeeming him, bringing him back. Right. Done. No, that makes sense. It's not just, what's Fargo going to be about this year? Like right. It's, they've got a, way to, a, a place to go. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. And um, I hope that he, <laughs> I hope they go right back in and like get him to do a... Something else. Kind of weird. Yeah, like a, um, I don't know, X Factor show or, or something. I guess they're sure. doing that on The Gifted right now. But yeah, uh, More FX news, because I'm good at this. Uh, the Shogun miniseries that was greenlighted uh, earlier, or last year, uh, has been put on hold. It was going to come oh. out on April 9th. Now it's going to be taking a little more time oh. to get going. Okay. It's going to be a limited series. All right. And you're familiar with James Clavell's Shogun? I I believe so. Um, yeah, a book series written by isn't he a, a white guy? But about <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, about Shogun. The, yes, the hugest weeb, <laughs> James Clavell. Yes, um, uh, the nineteen eighties adaptation with uh, Richard Chamberlain as Blackthorn won a lot of Emmy awards. Um, we should if I hope that this actually gets made because I do want to see uh, FX do this mm-hmm. and. One of the reasons they slowed down is because they feel like it's not good enough. Oh. Which is fine. Okay. It's good for them to admit that. Remember, this is like one of these. Like, I'm it's doing this with thick. my fingers. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's huge. Do you it's think... A, it's a big book. They want to do it right. Yeah. Um, I've heard that they are bringing in a lot of people um, to increase the um, historical representation and the cultural representation as that's, well. That's really good. Because that's one of compla- the complaints about Clavel's novels is that, as a big weeb, he knows a lot about Japan. Right. But does he get the details right? And there is literally the main character is white samurai. It's a white oh. guy that washes up, you know, in, in okay. kind of feudal like Japan and becomes a well. Yeah. Okay, that's a different. Hey, we'll do the Shogun Last Samurai. We could do a show about that for sure. And some anime. What's another white guy? White savior, Jap- Japanese white savior. I don't know, but I'm sure we could come up with something. Situation. Keanu um, Reeves. Oh. And then uh, we'll do a mainland. Uh, Matt Damon. Wow. In that one castle movie or whatever. Okay. Um, I was going to say, do you think that they, one other factor is they didn't want to compete with Game of Thrones because isn't it coming back in April? I think that they would be ready to, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, but also you can always, you know, finish it and then just have it on ice until, oh, I see what you're hey, saying. sad that everybody's dead in Game of Thrones, including right. Arya. Right. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> trying to provoke people. Right. Uh, well, guess what's coming out next week? You know? Right. Um, but they're like, 
halting like development or they're sort of like going back to I redevelop see. it. So. I see. Going back to the drawing board. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I'd be interested as somebody who uh, is a fan of Japanese culture and has um, lived there for a time and as somebody who knows a little bit more than maybe some guy writing a book in the 60s mm-hmm. uh, on the coast of, of New England. <laughs> right. He's from. Right. Uh, getting your ideas about it. Yeah. I, you know, I'd be interested in maybe I should take a look and give some of those books a read or It's something. in a book. Yeah. <laughs> Take a look. It's in a book. I want to mention fast that uh, Legion will be introducing, maybe this is a slight spoiler, uh, David Holler's parents in the third season. Oh, I thought they weren't around. I thought they were dead. Mm. Well. The, his sister kind of raised them. Right, but who were his parents? Oh, it, Xavier and who else? I'm really, really positive that it's just Xavier, isn't it? No. Did I say it wrong? No, you say it how everybody said it, but it's like Mag- Magneto was always Magneto until there was a cartoon, and then for they picked Magneto, okay. and now he's Magneto, oh. which he's like, Nito? <laughs> and I, you know, always thought it was Xavier? Xavier, like Xavier Roberts, the guy that made the Cabbage Patch Kids. Okay, and deep, I said- Deep cut, and I've been to Hawaii, and- uh, where is it Hawaii? Where's fa- what, where was Father Xavier's stomping grounds? Jeez, I don't know. Um, but so it's Xavier, not Xavier, is what you're saying. I am trying to get that out right now. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Francis Xavier, the uh, the son of uh, Francis of Assisi. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, I know. And he Francis went to, um, to the he he went to like Japan and like China and stuff like that. Oh, okay. And in documentaries, they always say Xavier. Okay. I thought. Okay. I believe you. I could Otherwise, totally it's be just, saying it wrong. It's it's a bald head on a bald head. Yeah. Professor X Xavier. Oh, all right. That's why I think that comes from. Okay. All right. Uh, how much? I, how I, horse do? I'm very horse, but how horse do the listeners get? Screaming at how wrong I am. I don't think they get hoarse. Come on. I think you're being a little hard on yourself. Screaming us online. Yeah. Just enough trope. Yeah. Twitter, Facebook. Uh, so anyway. Mother? Gabrielle, I can't remember her last name. Okay. Is she a mutant as well? No. No. Okay. No, she just likes baldies. <laughs> okay. Get the tightest rag shining it up yeah i know right <laughs> uh <coughs> speaking of the x-men lauren Schuler donner who is the main um basically like the president you know of like fox or at least the wing that does marvel movies uh-huh. has said that fox's marvel movies are on hold for right now okay um what is the... I think it's cool that she has a job still. Yeah. Shouldn't she go, uh, now a word from the guy who has my job. Right. Guy in a ball cap sits down. Hey, everybody. You know, we got a lot of plans for the X-Men. Right. And here it is. Right. And put the projector up. X-Men versus the Serpent Society or whatever. Right. <laughs> right? But instead, the word is, uh, we're going to take it easy. So, New Mutants is on hold again. Is that what we're saying? Everything is on hold since Disney took over, is what Lauren Shuler Donner says. So all X Men movies, including Deadpool, uh, oh, and Deadpool, I- including um, no, they're not going to can Dark Phoenix. That still comes okay. out June seven. Okay, that's I just wanted to make sure. Yes. All right. So as far as development on a Deadpool three, we don't know. I mean, they 
would be insane to not do another Deadpool movie. Yeah. No matter who owns the license. Right. Um, the New Mutants movie. We don't I feel know. like that's stuck in limbo. Now. Oh no, it's uh, no, it's not even. Usually, you say limbo like production limbo. This is it's done. I think. Oh boy. You, right, Prepare, they haven't. They're yeah. not shooting anymore. Yeah. So at this point, they're just trying to figure out like what to do with it. Right. And sometimes how you, to market it or something. I think that you just say it's an X Men movie from the creators of X Men, and it's a horror movie. But I know. I think they're still assembling it and you know, doing effects, and and I think, I think that the bill now that they have reshot it all over again. Yeah. The bill has gone past the point where. They're out of the range of profit profitability now. Oh boy. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Unless this is a, I think that you've got you've got the people that sit around and think of ways to make things work, and then you've got the people who live on an island and they mm-hmm. go another mai tai ring 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 ring. Oh no, it's the red phone. Right. We need you. It's like get my jet. Right. And then you have another room <laughs> that's inside the room or something that is, these are the people like how do we save this thing? Right. We got to make this baby. What do we do? Right. The fire festival could have used some of these guys. Uh, they didn't yeah. have them though, as we'll reveal later. Yeah. And so I think they're trying to say like. At this point, how do we make it into a phenomenon or how do we sell it for pennies on the dollar and just get our end back mm-hmm. you know, and screw it? And nobody knows. I, yeah, it's kind of... Nobody knows. Hulu's already doing its own thing. They've yeah. talked about releasing it on Hulu, but you, you'd have to have some kind of like membership promotion or sale or something like that as people come... Presumably because they're excited to see this movie. Right. But I don't think anybody's excited to see it. Not because they think it's going to be bad, but it has New Mutants have no brand recognition, you know, in mm-hmm. the general public. Right. These are all my thoughts. Um, I, I think it's if, if I was in that movie, I think I'd be calling my agent and being all like, you need to get me something else. I, I need to be saved from this somehow. How can we salvage? It's not this? working out for um, Maisie Williams. No. Uh-uh. She's had a few shots here. Yeah, I know. I think she keeps trying to find, you know, the parachute out of uh, Game of Thrones, Game and I don't Thrones, think she's yeah. found it yet. Mm-hmm. It's too bad because she's really talented. I, I <laughs> think really she's good. really good too. Yeah. but she can't catch a break. Well, it's all Fox News today. Uh, it looks like the um, another announcement we got um, from um, Shuler Donner was that the R-rated Deadpool trends will continue um, even under Disney. Okay. They'll they'll still be R-rated. All right. I don't feel like that's super surprising. But. No, no. Why change a, a formula? Right. But a lot of times, PG-13 is, you know, the third movie Just goes PG-13. Yeah, I know. In a series. So we'll see. Yeah. The Simpsons was renewed for two more years. Holy cow. I just can't believe that that train just keeps on going. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. No, it's it really hasn't been very funny for a while now, I feel like. Do they even sell merchandise anymore? I'm sure they do. Because remember, like, like ha- don't have a cow, like that. Yeah. yeah but who, when's the last time you saw anybody in a Simpsons T-shirt? It's been a while. And uh, I don't challenge forget, that you ever have. <laughs> don't forget Basic Instincts. She had a Bart keychain. Don't forget that. That's really important. That is such a weird of all the things to remember. All the details. I know. From Basic Instinct. I know. She had a Bart Simpson keychain. Yeah. I think those are his keys, <laughs> weren't they? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Because Gene Triplehorn comes to bring them back to him, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. And the keychain is, and then later on, he takes them out of her raincoat pocket or whatever, because uh-huh. she was reaching for them, Yeah. presumably to give them back again. I guess. But she was a killer, just not that killer. So he framed her. Yeah, I, for, don't, I don't know. I don't know. 
That movie has so many holes in it. It's it's like a doily. Back it up. What what did you say? I said that movie has so many holes in it. It's like okay, a doily. Okay, stop. Stop. Stop at the at the end of it. <laughs> Do you know when you're making jokes? I was trying to make a joke. The movie has so many holes in it. Yeah. Like I in the interrogation scene. Oh, stop it. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get you to we're gonna get you there. Okay. You're gonna know when you're making jokes. All right. And laugh at compass jokes. So it looks like Chris Pratt is circling a uh movie, The Most Dangerous Game. What? You know the most dangerous game. Um refresh my memory. Man is the most dangerous animal oh, yeah okay. right? the, the 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 worst prey of all is man or, sure. or whatever as right. liam neeson could tell you <laughs> well there is this so this is weird there is a uh, a network uh okay. by jeffrey katzenberg who's a producer in hollywood uh called queeby that's a terrible name but okay or i don't know if that's um that's how you pronounce, pronounce it or not but it is a um it's a Streaming service, basically, right? Okay. Um, and it's backed by Katzenberg and um, Catherine, or sorry, um, uh, Catherine Hardwick is a director who's going to direct a bunch of movies and stuff for it. Okay. Um, and so they're looking for talent, and they're trying to get this thing off the ground. And they're doing like probably like you know exclusives, but also like theater release type stuff, but okay. like same time. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to get Chris Pratt on to do this um, most dangerous game film. Okay. Um, bad idea. Nobody cares. The story's 100 years old now. Over 100 years old now. Mm-hmm. We get it. Man's the most dangerous game. I think right. Ice-T did it best in Trespass. or <laughs> Was it Trespass? No. Which, what was the Ice-T one where he's being hunted for sport? Surviving the game. Oh, okay. So Ice-T already took care of that one. Um, why are they so keen on getting Chris Pratt? Like, they just feel like he's a bankable star and they feel like they well, need to have him for the don't movie. Don't tell the Lego movie too that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's still kind of a bankable star and we could get him for this crazy thing. Okay. All right. Well, good luck to them. Yeah. You know who's not wishing him good luck? Who? Ellen Page. Oh, yes. I did hear about this. Ellen Page, who went on Colbert. A couple days after Chris Pratt had gone on Colbert, mm-hmm. and I don't even know how they got on the subject, but she's like, "Yeah, you guys like Chris Pratt? You think he's real cool? Oh, cool, cool. Okay, you know his church is like super anti-LGBTQ. Yeah, LGBTQ. So, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, she's right. I heard about that. She's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope his Daniel cleanse is going well, though, or whatever. Oh, well, and I, I didn't. We've been warning people about this for a long time. Yeah. Well, and I, I heard that like. His church isn't against gay people joining it, but they won't let them. Can't be in leadership positions. Yeah, be in leadership positions. Like second and class citizens. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But there, like a better name than that. And there was like a, some gay couple that was a part of the church, but they couldn't have leadership positions in the choir. Wow, somebody was on Facebook last week. To. Yeah, well, <laughs> I did read this uh, an article about it, so. Good. Yeah. Uh, thanks for staying so silent on it. Hey. No, I don't know. Um, so, uh, Great. Um, here's some more Chris Pratt news. Oh, no. In other problematic figures, uh, they are definitely using James Gunn's script for the third film, no matter who directs the movie, which oh, won't wow. be Taika Waititi, he has confirmed. I wonder who they're going to get to direct it then. Um, 
I, I'm I'm kind of surprised that they'll they're going to use. They'll find somebody. What about a woman? Yeah. What about a woman? That would be good. Yep. I'm kind of surprised they're using his script. So. Yeah, me too. Um, I would have thought they would have thrown that out once they said he couldn't direct the third one. But. I am true. I'm silent because I'm going through my mental Rolodex, although I can think and talk at the same time. So I was down at the farmer's market the other day and Karen Kusama. What about Karen Kusama? Okay, sure. Eon Flux. Sure. Right? Yeah. She can handle goofy stuff and effects. She's been doing like smaller um, freak out horror stuff recently. Sure. But she can add a sort of dark uh, sort of edge to. um, To Guardians. Because the whole groovy dancing to 70s hits thing i mean i know they're probably going to try to keep that going a little bit but that's mm-hmm. guns thing it is. so if you're taking the guardians in a new direction then why not you know make them edgier yeah mm-hmm. well i wouldn't use that word no. okay. in the pitch meeting but yeah <laughs> yeah like that speaking of things that probably shouldn't go edgier it looks like there is going to be a spin-off of aquaman the trench okay so a it's underwater horror movie based on those weird frog creatures that are in the movie for like two seconds. Yeah. Are, are we going to have uh, Nicole Kidman back and she's going to be reliving her time in the trench or something like that? That's a great pitch. Yeah. that probably better than what they're actually thinking. I'd watch that. Yeah. I'd watch that too. I mean, she kind of makes herself look like one of those trench monsters. Kind of like survive. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Uh, no, I see what you mean. Um, yes. I want her to team up with Janet Van Dyne. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> and go on a, just go to go to Vegas or something. Yeah. A road movie. Yeah, a road trip movie. Road trip adventure movie. Yeah. Uh, they're busting heads, jumping in on a bed. Right. Awesome. Trying um, their luck at the poker table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, looks like Captain Marvel will be the first pick that does not show up on Netflix. I heard this According to Disney executives. Well. The beginning yeah. of the end. Disney Plus. It'll be on Disney Plus. Yes. Yeah. Why not? I know it's you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in the offing, but why not make Avengers the, the cutoff? Oh, the last one? Right. Because I don't know what their, yeah. what their deals are. They're probably going to let their deals expire, but if they're still... Mm-hmm. We're still at this point where every Disney uh, Marvel film is on Netflix, and you're right. watching, you're doing your marathon, you're watching, and right. then you get up to Captain Marvel, no bueno, right. and you get up to Endgame, no, you have to have Plus. Right. right. So you're basically just, you know, they don't care. Never mind. They, they don't <laughs> They're care. They're screwing you're around. Absolutely no, they don't right. care at all. They don't care. <laughs> yeah. All right. Never mind. Uh, and all the Star Wars movies will be on Disney Plus then, too. So Who cares? Right. Uh, so Deadwood uh, is set to come out uh, this spring on HBO. This spring? 2019? Yeah, man. Okay. It's just a TV show. How long does it take to shoot? I know. There's no, uh, oh my God, the lava monster. Oh my God. It's destroyed the Bella Union. So it is going to be a movie on HBO then. Yeah. It won't, won't be released in theaters. Uh, yes. Okay. Well, I, well, they've been looking, for, I think thought they were looking for that. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure they had ended up doing it, but I know they need to get it out so they can um, be in the Grammys for Two thousand nineteen. They got the Grammys or the Emmys. The Emmys. Yeah. Okay. They want they want to be considered, so they want to get it out there. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Well, that's a lot sooner than I was expecting it. Because the TV season ends in spring. Right. Right. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. That was sooner than I was expecting, but it sounds good. Predictions. (sighs) And these are based on nothing, because we I know that there's information out there, but I won't look at it. 
I'm gonna watch this thing. Right. Um, oh, what's the sheriff's name again? Bullock. Bullock. Uh, Bullock won't be sheriff anymore. He'll be trying to figure out what his role is supposed to be in town. That's not right. Uh, that's not very good. That's not right. <laughs> that's not right. <laughs> They're predictions. Uh, okay, I know some things, but we don't know a lot. So no. anyway, continue. Okay, so Bullock's um, trying to figure. He's fi- trying to find himself. Yes. Uh, Saul and him maybe are trying to work together to keep Hirsch um, from taking over the town, doing some plotting with some peaches. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're fired. Uh, <laughs> Al has gone corporate. Because of of anything, he's a survivor. And Hearst has definitely moved in because they were never going to stop that. Mm -hmm. And so Al basically works for Hearst now. And the movie is, in a lot of ways, is going to be about him, you know, finding, trying to find his soul back. You know, Mm -hmm. trying to get, just get up the, remember the times I used to stab men in the heart? Right. And yell at Wu, like, trying to get that back. Okay. I don't know, this is just my pitch. Get his groove back. How Saul got his groove back. And I, and, and. And Bullock is the bad guy. Oh. That's what I think. Okay. Um, because Bullock is does is still the sheriff or has a badge in some capacity, and he's at the direction of government officials that are in the pocket of Hearst. He's mm. being set up against Swearingen. Okay. So you've got this flip flop where, yeah, it's you know they're all kind of the heroes or protagonists, but it was usually like. Bullock is the law and Swearingen is, you know, feeding people to pigs. Right. And we'll have a flip-flop where Swearingen is the real defender of the soul of the town. Okay. And Bull, uh, Saul is, Bullock has become, um, what's Bullock's first name? Nobody what? ever uses it. Is it Sean? Sean. <laughs> is it Sean? <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to check his I Instagram. I can't remember. I can't remember. I'll have to check his Instagram. Oh. Uh. Um, that's what I think. Okay. So I don't know. We'll never ever check to see if, if these were right. Hey, remember World War Z? Me neither. Hey, remember they were gonna make a World War Z two, and yeah. somehow, some way, we're gonna get it someday. Brad Pitt cashed in a marker or two to get David Fincher to direct it. Oh wow. Okay. All right. Could remember? be better than the first one. Right? I don't remember. Remember all that? No, I. Re- I remember World War Z. I remember Brad Pitt was in it. I remember them trying to get a sequel made, but that's about all I remember. Yeah. Did you uh, did you remember that it was directed by genius Mark Forrester? And I should be careful because he directed... The, what did he direct? Quantum of Solace? <laughs> Which is not a good movie, but I, well, I like it. Um, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, by genius Mark Forrester. The first time, I think, ever that... You've gone from Mark Forster to David Fincher in a series. Anyway, doesn't yes. matter. Yes. Because it's not going to get made now. It's not? Nope. What David happened? Fincher wants the amount of money required in order to make a globe-spanning zombie blockbuster, blockbuster yeah. that has Brad Pitt in it. it and Paramount apparently has Brad Pitt's kids in a room somewhere. I know that's his wife. Um, oh, boy. Has him so stuck to this thing that he has to do it, but they don't want to pay David Fincher uh, prices, and so they have fallen out over the budget. Oh boy, well, that's too bad. Um, the sequel could have been better than the original. So yes, and here's a couple things, a couple factors involved. Mm-hmm. It's an R-rated movie, right? Even though I can't remember if the I first feel one was like R-rated. The first one was PG-13. Yeah, so Fincher wants to make an R. Okay. It's a sequel. Yes. To a movie that came out six years ago. 
Yes. So That's you're not going to see any sell. return on this. Yeah. I'm kind of on Paramount's side now. Mm-hmm. Um, also, apparently China has a ban on zombie content. Hmm. You can't why, do, why is that? Because they don't do ghosts. They don't do, they don't do a lot of supernatural stuff. Why don't they do ghosts? I feel like they have a lot of... Okay, this is my like white folklore. racist take. Uh-huh. But they're also very respectful of the the dead and ancestors yes. and stuff like that. Yes. And so okay. I think that they're, I, I don't, you know, you, know, you got to ask them. I don't know. Okay. Um, right. So anyway, so it, that's, that's eight strikes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, there's no way. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you take China out, that's a, that's a big part yeah, of the market right now. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to take them out. Stop. Economically. Stop. Not with zombies. Yeah. Okay. Doesn't the Z War in World War Z, the book, like start in China? <laughs> it very well might. I yeah, can't remember. It's like it's like there there's a like a lake in China and like somebody's digging in the lake and then, you know, like a zombie crawls up out of it okay. and then suddenly it's like zombie time. Okay. Well they probably wouldn't appreciate that either. That's what it is. No, okay. They're suing him for right. defamation. Yeah. Right. <laughs> First word, first it's Red Dawn, wait, Red Dawn to the reboot was North North Korea. Oh, boy. Yeah, China hasn't been the bad guy in anything for a long time, have That's they? true, yeah. What's up with that? I don't know. I don't know. We want to sell to China, so we don't want to make them the bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any, no, Japan can't make any movies about about China being the bad guy, because Japan's the bad guy. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> When's China the bad guy? Oh, um, in the in the movie where um, it like you're um, you are mm-hmm. a white, of course, okay. European uh-huh. lord, uh-huh. and the and the cons are coming. Oh, for you, sure. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And uh, so they're just like they're bad guys. I guess. Where's the well? I guess they're bad guys in the Matt Damon movie too. They're, I mean, they're bad <laughs> but guys. They're also good guys in the Mulan movie, but they're also good guys. Right. Right. So you have that. Where's the Genghis Khan movie, or sorry, the Genghis Khan movie? Um, that is a good question. Because I mean, you would say, guy killed a lot of people. He killed so many people. He, he changed like the environment. Like he right. reversed climate change. Uh huh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> I got a solution. Are you going to make Good a news, movie bad happen? News. <laughs> I got a solution. Yeah? Bad news. What? You're not going to like Uh-oh. it. Uh-oh. He like thanos like the, Europe, basically. Yeah, yeah he kind of did. And he? then also planted some seeds, too, because apparently, like, you know, we all have 1% of <laughs> Genghis Khan DNA Wow. Wow. Genghis Khan... <laughs> Genghis Khan's DNA is like the Dateline blacklight of of Me23. (laughs) You just go like every hotel room you go into. Right. Yep. There's Genghis Khan. Oh, my gosh. Give me that blacklight. I am the god of hellfire, and I bring you fire. Hashtag blessed. Yes. Hashtag influencer. Right. Oh, emoji. Prayer hands emoji. Prayer hands emoji. Right. 
right? Glow sticks, yeah. <laughs> is this? We gotta. This segment has to be good. Yeah. I'll kill you if it's not good. Stop it. They'll never find our bodies if it's not stop, good. Stop okay? it. It has to be good. But I feel like it's like when when a you ask a parent about what their a toy that their kid likes, mm-hmm. and they're like, it's like a horse. It's got like a uh, star on it, and the and the star horse. Um, it it like it likes the rainbow horse, horse, and they can fly, and they live in like a cloud castle. I don't know. Right. I don't know. Right. You would never ask. You wouldn't. Even, you would ask the kid. The kid knows everything. Right. Well, here we are. Uh huh. Two people who wouldn't even have been allowed to buy tickets to the fire festival. <laughs> True. And we're gonna talk about the fire festival. Yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Let's yeah. do it. Okay. So, what name? Tell me about the movie that you watched. Okay. Don't do the whole thing. Give me the package. I, I will. So it's on Netflix. It's called Fire, F-Y-R-E. Right. And then the subtitle is The Greatest Ooh. Party That Never Happened. Okay. All right. All right. That's cool. Yeah. Do you know who directed it? Yeah. It's directed by Chris Smith. And he's directed other documentary stuff. I don't know the answer to that. Well, I didn't look you, him up. At least you wrote it down. <laughs> But the... I could tell you if you gave me one second. Okay. Uh, yes, Chris Smith. I uh, also directed. Um, this is me looking it up. Oh, I, this is why I wanted to look it up. Uh, Jim and Andy: The Great Beyond, which is the Netflix is. documentary oh. on um, the Jim Carrey playing Andy Kaufman. Oh. Which okay. A lot of people didn't like. I thought it was fine. Huh. I thought it was fine. So I've never seen it. Uh, yeah. Um, I watched uh, Fire Fraud. No right. subtitle. Okay. It's directed by Julia Willoughby Nason and Jenner First, who are um, former actors turned documentarians. Okay. Who have done, they did a thing for time. They've done a couple documentaries. Sure. So these are all, it's not like Werner Herzog is thrown down on this or something no. like that. This is all new voices. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And mine was on Hulu. Now, yes. interesting fact, before we get rolling on this, mm-hmm. like, Nobody knew that Hulu was working on this. I mean, somebody oh, really? knew because they were talking to people. But Netflix made such a huge deal out of their fire documentary. And like the day that they dropped it or like the day they sent out solicits for it, basically, mm-hmm. Hulu went, bam, fire documentary. Check it out. <laughs> that's kind of crappy. Mm, no, that's brilliant. They I guess. saved a ton on marketing because yeah. when you type in Hulu into Google, guess what? Fire comes up. Well, yeah, one yeah. of them. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, and as far as the background goes, mm-hmm. I don't know. We're going to get into it. Yes. Um, I, did people know about the Fire Festival, right? Um, Here are the facts in the matter. Yeah. Uh, investor, uh, would-be entrepreneur, um, Billy McFarlane, yeah. <clears throat> is this guy who, he's only like 26 or 27 now, mm-hmm. but he basically um, was an entrepreneur. He created this thing called Magnesis or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's which a, were like a these... black card for millennials. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, the black card is the American Express card that yes. you get if you're rich and it has like a huge, if not unlimited, credit limit. Mm-hmm. And this was basically like he just cut cards out of like sheet metal. And I don't know what the money is backed by. I don't know how it I works. Don't, I don't know how but it works But basically either. you pay in to... Yeah, I don't know how to set up a credit card company, but basically you pay in to have one of these mm-hmm. and it's like, look, I've got a black card. It really doesn't mean anything. Like, it is not a black card. Right. But somehow he's backed by somebody and then also Magnesis was like a... 
entertainment company. Were there any sort of um, Parks and Rec references in yours? No. No, there wasn't mine. Oh, really? Yeah. Entertainment 720. Oh, I have no idea what that. <laughs> John Ralphio and Todd McFarlane. That's oh. me, you know? And they're like, we're flush with cash. Right. Do, 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 do. right. Okay, yeah. sure. They basically compared him to John Ralphio. <laughs> It's kind of funny. But anyway, so they would have like uh, these clubs. Or I think it was just a townhouse, basically. And yeah, it was like a meeting space. Yeah, and he would like, it was supposed to be like a party hangout yes. for like young, rich you know, people. and so, Millennials. So that's yeah. where we're at. This mm-hmm. guy does that. Now I've got this money. I want to do something else. Go somewhere else with it. Right. And he's doing things like um, selling like tickets to shows. Like mm-hmm. he's kind of acting like like a one-man ticket master, you know? Right. So he'll buy blocks of tickets to, like, Broadway shows or events, and then people will pay for them. And I don't know how he clears the overhead at all. Yeah, I don't know how I he makes know. money on this. Right. But I think it's basically, like, an accessibility thing. Uh-huh. Like, there's no way that you could buy a ticket to Hamilton. Right. But if he can get his hands on some Hamilton tickets... He'll send them to you. And he can charge so, whatever he wants. Right. Because you'll pay it because right. there's no other option. Like, you, there are exactly. no tickets. So that's kind of what he does. Mm-hmm. Now... At this point, you say scam, I say opportunist. Right. He hasn't done anything technically illegal yet. Right. Begin the documentaries. <laughs> I don't yes. really know how to do this. Like, why don't you just tell me initially about the structure of your documentary? What was the overall feel that you got oh, from boy. Fire on Netflix? Well, first of all, it opened over water, which is <laughs> usually for you a bad indicator well, of a bad film. Um, I mean, it's literally on an island. It is literally on an island. I love that you wrote that down. Though. Yeah. Um, well, they actually talked to quite a few people who were involved it, in the festival at, at different levels. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so Fire is this, it starts out as an app, and it's an app to like book entertainment. And there, so there are maybe about 30 employees who have been working on this app. It's interesting that it starts there. Well. Mine started with them showing, you know, I mean, you have to hook people in. So yes. instead of their over water was people on school buses arriving and seeing tents and being like, oh boy, now what? Okay. And then from there it went to let's, mine was very clinical. Like it was very, let's establish everything. So here's who this guy is mm. here's what millennials are and what they're interested in sure here's what an influencer is sure it sort of like sets the cast of characters okay. up for how this disaster sure. can happen well I, I think it actually technically started with uh billy and ja rule like being at at some event and talking about the fire festival and the fire app yeah. And just kind of starting this buzz. Right. And we should say that the Fire app, yeah. which didn't come in until about halfway through my um, documentary, is an attempt by them. It, I've heard it described as like Tinder for promoters. Mm-hmm. So basically, if you are a venue you know, or you're somebody who's uh, trying to have an event, mm-hmm. you can go on this thing and get matched with performers. Right. Uh, yeah. Or if you want So they're just example, broking, they're brokering like talent, basically. Right. Example, if you want Jaw Rule at your birthday party and you got enough cash, right. you can get Jaw Rule. But that 
is as deep as you can describe it because the yes. entire thing is a fantasy and never really yeah, happened. Absolutely. <laughs> That's everything we just said was all hypothetical. Right. And a lot of the people who were working on the app were not really aware of exactly what was going on with the festival. They would hear bits and pieces about it. Right. But they were kind of like treated as a separate entity. Yeah. Well, my documentary, like I said, started by setting the cast of characters mm-hmm. and had a big um, – Emphasis on showing you, like they interviewed a couple different um, of the influencers that were there. Oh, okay. Um, they interviewed. Um, <laughs> they they set up all the cast characters. Like I said, mm-hmm. there is a. It's like Garagos and Garagos is like a law firm that sued um, them for hundred million dollars after sure. all this happened, mm-hmm. and so they have a lawyer from that. They have um, a guy named. Oh God, what was his name? Uh, Calvin Wells, who started okay. the fire fraud. Uh, oh, sure. Twitter account, which mm-hmm. the documentary is named after. Mm. And he basically is, he's like a, a executive at an investment company. He's no hero, but mm-hmm. he saw what was happening and created this account yeah. uh, to snipe the regular account like while all this was developing. Mm-hmm. And so we go and we see all these people. Then we get explained to, if you don't know, like what, what millennials are, what they value. This movie's made by people who are arguably millennials so i kind of trust them right but that's set up like specifically mm-hmm. and it's set up that they they have lived their lives you know in a in a chaotic world mm-hmm. and they've seen conspicuous consumption and so of course they all want it they're trying to like explain how this, this 24 year old charlatan could fool uh-huh. so many people right i think my, the film that I watched, it really focuses on Billy and um, just like what a great salesman he is. Lots of people um, mention how great salesman he is. Like he could sell anybody anything. Now, looking at the v- videos of him that you saw, mm-hmm. do you believe that? I do kind of believe that because yeah. he, he, he could just he was really confident and was able to describe to people like inve- let it be investors or what have you like what they were doing um but we find out later it's that's interesting because yeah. you know you can pick clips you know the the, the editor right. has all the power in the world the hand that um, is on the editing wheel like rules the world mm-hmm. uh, there was one interviewer i didn't men- uh, mention in my film uh, a guy named billy mcfarlane they, they actually interviewed they him? They interviewed him for eight hours wow. uh, and, you know, used in the movie what they used. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the shiftiest. Now, this is a guy who, at the time of the interview, is out on bail from his right. fraud charges. Yes. But he is the shiftiest, least trustworthy person I've ever seen okay. in my life. Okay. And this might be a 25 and a half year old who is staring down a decade of federal prison, but mm-hmm. I can't. I just don't. He he. You can't believe that. Yes. I I understand. I think it was the intention of the filmmakers of Fire Fraud to make him look like an asshole. Sure. But when you pair what you see of him in the interviews with everything that we know happened in real life, where there's smoke, there's asshole. Right. Well, they write that down. There was there was a lot of footage of like planning stages and all this stuff really? and like yeah all i heard in my documentary was there was no planning stages well they go to the bahamas uh-huh. to find this island they yes. settle on this island called grand exuma which they released pictures that showed it as this island paradise yes. i don't know what pictures of what island that was in the pictures 
because Grand Exhum is basically just like a gravel pit. They actually cropped out parts of the island, so it appeared as if it was a deserted island somewhere in the Bahamas. And there's, yeah, which was owned by Pablo Escobar or whatever. Well, I thought there was a different island owned by Pablo Escobar, and then they finally had to move the island to Exuma or something like that. It's all lies. Yeah, I know. It's all lies. I know. And the map that they showed at the Fire Festival was just the nearby, like, Sandals Emerald Key Resort that they just said, this is the Fire Festival. Right. No, it's not. No, it's not. That's Sandals. Yeah. There, there was this one guy that they interviewed. I don't remember his name exactly, but he was uh, kind of in charge of like logistics of the festival, like early on. And um, I think you mentioned they they had these tents, which they kind of describe as being luxury tents, but they're actually um, tents that they used in, in like I can't remember what the FEMA. hurricane was. Yeah, they're FEMA tents. FEMA tents. Yeah. Uh, and so this guy who was helping plan decided that, you know, they, him and his wife would test it out. So they spent one night in a tent and it, he said it was terrible. You could it just was there was no privacy. You could hear things all through the night yeah. and it was not luxurious at all. So he actually came back to the team after that experience and was like, we can't do the tents. It's just it's not an, an option. And then they just let him go. They decided he was done with the festival. Yeah. So, well, a lot of people, apparently, from what I understand, said at all stages of this that this you can't do this. This isn't a thing. Yes. There's absolutely no way. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the interviewer interviewees or, uh, in my documentary said a wedding planner would tell you that this is impossible. Like you're sure. trying to do a thing. Right. You're trying to do this on an island. Where there is no infrastructure, there, there is there's nothing no plumbing, there. running water. Yeah. yeah, so there's there's no way to get anything there. Yes, and a lot of uh, people who at the um, festival, you know, said that they saw junk everywhere. They saw a lot of Amazon boxes. That's like, weird. They literally just thought that they could Amazon Prime a festival, like you could just order everything. Right. And there's just there isn't anything there mm-hmm. to do it. Right. There was one thing where at one point. They had a couple houses, apparently. They had promised yes. uh, all of the premium customers' houses, and yes. then there would be like luxury villas. tents. Yeah, villas, yeah. exactly. Yeah. They did have a couple villas, and they put a lot of the advanced guests and influencers in those villas. And mm-hmm. you see in their Instagram videos, they're like, this is so great, yeah. And then, you know, cut to cheese sandwich. So right. I can't believe there's... Is it just decency that kept cheese sandwich from being the poster image of the festival mm-hmm. there must have been human excrement we know that there was piss pissed on mattresses and stuff yes. like that yes yes like why is cheese sandwich what we think that's what everybody ran with at the big there, news network there is one kid he had like 400 some followers and he posted this picture of a cheese sandwich and it went viral yeah um yeah yeah hey you know they just were completely unprepared for this at, at all levels. And and what it, what it is, here's what it is. Hmm. He got, so, <laughs> what, I don't, tell me if your documentary tried to say why this all happened. Because here's what my mind did. Mm-hmm. Fire fraud, it's in the name, tells you that, and they're not calling him a bad guy, but they're saying that this guy who believed his own bullshit created entertainment 720 and then he you know that was starting to fall apart 
and the mm-hmm. ticket scam wasn't working. And so he came up with this idea, we're going to do a festival. And then he started spending money to make it happen, investing, thinking he's going to get it back. Mm-hmm. And it's costing more and more. It's going past the point of money that he has, past the point he's willing to invest. Mm-hmm. And it becomes, let's take the money and run. At, he had so many chances to stop it from happening, mm-hmm. to refund the money, which of course would have left him in debt. But if he's right. so smart and right. you know, lots of white guys in suits have debt you know he could Mm -hmm. have come back from this but he refused to come back from it because he i don't know didn't think there was going to be consequences believed in his own hype Mm -hmm. and this thing with so many people saying what are you doing please don't do this Mm -hmm. blink 182 won't come right they pulled (laughs) out yep and this was not a surprise like some of the influencers like you see their instagram videos and they're like we'll see i'm about to get on the plane and like i don't know like it was People knew that this might have been not for real, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, the, I mean, they show oh, the... Oh, just, just real quick. Yeah, go ahead. He, my documentary talked about that they had their biggest backer, a guy named Aubrey McClendon, was a, um, he worked for Chesapeake Energy. He was like an oil man, basically. Okay. And they had talked him into giving them $500,000 so with the promise of more. Mm-hmm. Well, he got busted for securities fraud. And then died in a car accident like a week after he was like arraigned and out on bail. Oh my gosh. So now you understand like they didn't have any money and it was going to be back to hustling Hamilton tickets or making this work with Ja Rule, my baby. Right. Go crazy. Right. Right. Ja Rule. So I guess what one of the biggest differences in our the documentaries we watched is in the one I watched, they did not interview Billy at all. Right. Um, well, they, they didn't pay him. He was paid right. to be in uh, the fire fraud. Yeah. Um, Supposedly he was paid $250,000. He needed that money. Yeah, of course he needed that money. So he's going to come in and either mm-hmm. answer questions hostily or just go, yeah, I don't know. Right. Right. So early on in, in the documentary that I watched, they talked about and showed the promo video, which had like about... 20 or so like of the hot or 10 of like they're the hottest supermodels dumb they're doing that thing where everybody's like it's like planking but it's a video mm-hmm. where everybody's frozen oh they did yeah the mannequin shot is what they yeah, called it in my so documentary well, they didn't even bother to explain it in mine because it's just one of the dumbest effing things i've ever seen yes. but yeah go yeah. ahead <laughs> and and so it was like Somebody later said there was a fire festival. It was just the promo video, and it was like 60 people instead of 6,000 people. It's like, okay, whatever. You were one of the directors of the promo video, so of course you would say that. Um, but, huh, interesting. Yeah. Um, that guy, came, the, the Asian guy, he came off pretty well in mine. He looked like a guy that was really abused you know, by the people that he made these movies for. No, it wasn't an Asian guy. It was a, a guy with like long blonde hair. Hmm. Um, was it I an FJ guy? I can't remember his name. It might be. I can't remember his name. Well, finish your point. Okay. So they they show them having a really great time. And then like the supermodels or the influencers and they get Party everybody like to rock sign stars, up. F like porn stars. Yes. Thank you, Ja Rule. Yeah, we yeah. got it. And like they show so many clips of Ja Rule and Billy like, Party like rock cheering stars. each other on. <laughs> like clicking each other's drinks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and... At every point, I guess, Billy was like, we can't cancel, we can't cancel, we can't cancel. Uh, There is this one guy who was helping with the planning and everything, and he's like, guys, we have 
at least we need to contact at least 300 people and cancel on them because we have at least 300 people who don't have beds. We don't have the plumbing. We don't have all this stuff. And he, he, he was like really serious about it. And he's like, you, we really need to do this. And the answer he got back was, well, at least they'll see your smiling face and your yoga skills. Yoga skills? Because he was supposed to teach them yoga or something like that. I don't know anything about that. Yeah. Do you know who Delroy Jackson is? Uh Uh-uh. Delroy Jackson is a bartender and local fixer in the Bahamas. Okay. And it's funny because you spend the first 10, 15 minutes of uh, Fire Fraud seeing people in nice suits, seeing people in bikinis and, and, you know, the promise of what this is going to be. Right. And then, bam, smash cut to third world (laughs) the Bahama. And the the uh, Bahamanians that are there, and like one of them is Delroy Jackson, and he looks totally different. He's like he is a you know a black guy in a t-shirt, and he's talking. He was their contact on the island basically, and they okay. would come to him. And who knows what his role is? I'm not sure if he's being. I'm sure he didn't get paid, and I'm not sure if he's being sued. But he seems somewhat free, but defensive. Like he's like I told them that they couldn't do it. And they wanted to do this and that. And so they kind of keep cutting back to him to get the, the, the real sort of thing. Okay. Like um, um, McMahon, whatever his name is. Uh, I'm falling apart here. Jimmy. Jimmy. Ed Jimmy McMahon? Scrambles. Jimmy Scrambles. Ed McMahon. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the Mc, person we're talking McMahon. about. Billy. Oh, uh, you forgot too. I forgot his last name. McFarlane. McFarlane. So anyway, Todd McFarlane goes down there <laughs> and he's like, oh, this is really great. I can't believe this. Be no joy. No joy in this at all. Oh my God. Stop it. it. But anyway, stop he it. goes down there and he meets with the guy and the guy's like, I don't think we can do this. You know, if we had like two years mm-hmm. and he's like, I'll be back, man. I'll be back. Uh, whatever. And he comes back with Ja Rule and he's like, yeah, the guy brought Ja Rule. I don't know. Maybe he's serious. And so they went ahead and did this. But right. the whole time they come back to this guy who is supposed to kind of represent the Bahamian people. Yeah. Who are like, I mean, we'll take your money. I mean, assuming there is money. I mean, right. What are we going to do? Say, no, don't do this. Right. But they didn't. They, so, yeah, they they talked to a local guy on the, in my um, documentary, too. And... Uh, he actually got a call from Billy while they were filming. So he uh, answered it and he was... 20, in mine, Bill, Billy's girlfriend was being interviewed and got a call from him. Oh, really? I got a feeling that he was probably calling a lot of people that were being interviewed. Probably. Huh? Yeah. Probably. And, and the guy was like, oh, I'm saying good things. Is there anything you want me to say on camera? And then he he hangs up with him. And wow. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so at some point, they knew that they were going to run out of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so they decided to basically, I don't think that they had had a cap on, uh, attendance at that point, Probably not. but at that point they decided to say that the general admission tickets were sold out. And so you could only buy premium tickets from then on mm-hmm. and wait mm-hmm. as a way to get people to spend instead of $2,000, yes. $25,000 yes. to get to flood cash into this thing. At one point the decision was made to, uh, make it a cashless festival, Yes, which was, was just, just slipped out in an that. email, basically yeah. to attendees, and mm-hmm. so that they um, wouldn't bring money and they they could charge everything to the to their wristbands. And if right. you preload your account, your wristband account, yes, that's more cash on hand from for them. Yes, anybody at any point. That's a red flag. If that's a red flag. Yeah, 
But anybody at any point with a shred of ethics Mm -hmm. or even an idea towards their future would go, we can't do this. Now, we're going to take a huge hit. Right. We're going to have to give all this money back. But if we build something up here, there might be a fire 2018. But fire 2017. is not going to happen. Right. But the whole point is they had to turn it around in six months. Yes. Because they had to pay off their debts they had to they lost their main guy who was the entertainment 720 banker. right, you know, right. they were facing bankruptcy if they didn't do this when i first heard about this situation i f- kind of felt bad for the guy because he to me he felt the, the story that was being painted in whatever article i read or whatever seemed to me like he was a guy who got in over his head and basically couldn't stop this because he owed money to people but Watching this one, I realized he put himself in that situation. Yeah, he absolutely did. And he has always been a scammer. Mm -hmm. And when you see him interviewed in this documentary, he has still got a huge jug of of his own Kool-Aid that he's drinking. Mm -hmm. And now he's, you know, he's serving six years in federal prison. Yes. Yes. He's in there. And I also heard that he can no longer be a director or CEO of a company. Okay. I know that the Bahamas forbid him or Ja Rule from ever running a festival in the Bahamas again. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of people who were not happy about that. Apparently, they got real screwed at one point. And again, he I, I can say this because he was convicted uh, by yes. the yeah by the uh, federal court. So mm-hmm. he uh, it's great to have your documentary come out after he's convicted. And he was convicted fast. Mm. I guess his lawyer sucked. I guess. Couldn't afford a good one. Uh, but anyway, during the he's denying all these things, and now he's serving time for them. So, But anyway, uh, he basically just made up um, lists of performers. He made up investors. This is where the fraud comes in because you say, yeah. oh, well, X, Y, and Z are on board for right. $10 million apiece. Right. And, and so, they never had them. And then your fish goes, oh, okay, well, then here's $50 million or whatever. Right. And they were doing this with Comcast Ventures, which I can only assume is the venture capital arm of Comcast. Comcast. And Comcast was ready to give them like $100 million, which that's it. In the, sca- in the heist movie, in the scam movie, this is the right. big score. This is we did it mm-hmm. right before – the one guy who's supposed to be on lookout falls asleep and then he gets busted by the cops and then it's all going to go down or whatever. Right. Like, they had it. And then this guy, um, Calvin Wells, who was running the fire fraud uh, Twitter, basically contacted them directly and said, you guys, are you paying attention to all this? Mm-hmm. Like, I know you don't follow my Twitter account, but mm-hmm. like this. Come on. Look at this. Yeah. And at that point, Comcast pulled out and there, that was it. Yeah. You we're not going to whatever happens. There's not going to be any money here. Um. There was another Twitter account. And then they went to a loan shark. Was oh, that in geez. your no. documentary? Uh-uh. They went to... So my criticism of this is that maybe there's just so much. And maybe they're so intent on painting him to be like a scam artist bad guy. Mm-hmm. But they also want to criticize millennials. And they also want to drag um, F. Jerry into this, which we haven't got to yet. Yeah. Um, that it's all over the place. You mm-hmm. get a very scattered... It's not very focused. Yes. But you get a I lot of information. And so they bring out at one point somebody's name, and I don't recognize this name, but apparently this name is like mob, basically. Oh. They asked for money from this guy who was essentially a loan shark and had like 120% on the on the loan. Oh, wow. Yeah. And had to be paid back like, like $200,000 in three months. My goodness. Which... Yeah. You can take whatever terms you want if you're going to be a zillionaire. Right. In four weeks, you can pay it back in six weeks. Mm-hmm. So he's just leveraging 
everything yes. against nothing. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing. There will be no payoff here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a, another website besides uh, Fire Fraud that um, kind of took them on, and my documentary is called uh, Fire Koi. Um, and they were like, somehow they got insider information. So they figured somebody from uh, the planning group was talking to somebody or they were the ones running it. It never came out who it was, but it they would have a meeting and information that was talked about that day would be posted on this Twitter account. Yeah. Uh, and they'd have you know, real time, like pictures and photos of the areas where people would be staying and that sort of thing. Um, and they also got a lot of questions and somewhat negative things from, from people who are going to be attending. They're like, where do I fly in? Where am I staying? All this stuff. And they actually went through and like deleted a bunch of tweets and like turned off the comments. Yeah. There was a concentrated effort by the, um, the organizers to basically delete all negative comments. Yes. They would set up um, bots to basically eliminate anything. That they have a list of things in the in my film, which is like sucks, fraud, right? The word festival, like any any of these <laughs> things are used, like it will eliminate those comments you know, yes. from your Instagram or or Facebook or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I, you know, look, I feel bad for the people who got uh, bamboozled. Yes. The, of course, the initial knee-jerk reaction to the story was Schadenfreude, right? Screw you, millennials, right? Exactly. But I do, and and in the clips, you know, they include um, citizen video and like people on their trips and stuff like that. I hate everybody in those. <laughs> it's like I know. I can't wait, bro, to go out and we're gonna get fired. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I know, right? Screw you all. Yeah, uh, I, know. I hate you, but I feel bad that you spent all this money and didn't get what you were promised, you mm-hmm. know, and even a fraction of it. But there was one interesting thing. Um, I don't care. I'm not gonna promote him. I don't care. But there was one young influencer, Instagram guy, millions of followers, who kept it tabs on what was going on, and like. After the first day, a lot of people were like, we got to get out of here. Yeah. And there's mm-hmm. a run on the airport. Yes. So he was a part of this. But many of the people who were running to the airport were blazed, were drinking all day because you're just sitting there staring at a beach with dirty tents. Mm-hmm. But there's $2 million worth of alcohol. So yeah. everybody's just getting hammered because they don't know what else to do. Yeah. So he was taking videos from the airport and the airport's overrun with just drunk yes. people yelling. Mm-hmm. The cops are coming in. Right. They finally get on the plane to get out of here. And the pilot comes out. We got to pull everybody off the plane because there's right. X amount of people but there's uh, on the manifest, but there's X plus one that have boarded the plane. So somebody's on the plane that shouldn't, shouldn't be. be. So now they got to take everybody off. Oh, my gosh. Count everybody. Raise your hand. Ugh. Get them back on. We're ready to go again. Now they have to stop. The crew, according to FAA regulations, can only work for so long, and the crew is timed out at this point. So, so now they got a new, to get, new, go, new crew. New, wait for the new crew to get here. Get up to speed. Everybody's off the plane again. Oh my god! <laughs> Come back on the plane. It's just hours. They're just waiting in what must be this tiny little uh, behind the airport. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a nightmare. It, yeah, it is a nightmare. I heard that they were the airport was overwhelmed. That they weren't serving water or food. And that they two sandwiches, yeah, they're right there. <laughs> and that they were they locked water through Amazon, r- right? Prime came, right? And they were locked in there overnight. 
uh, just waiting for a flight to get out of there. Many of the houses never existed. Yes. I don't think there was ever any houses. Yes. Um, like, like I said, the advanced people that showed up, they actually sent them to a different resort. Like there was a nearby resort that they housed the influencers in, some mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. And then the rest were just like, mm. and in the documentary uh, interview with him, uh, McFarlane, uh, in my thing, they he said like, we had 250 houses, uh, they exist, and we had keys for them, but somebody lost the keys. And the person interviewing me is just like, how do you lose the keys? Okay. So he didn't even know what to say. He's like, well, I mean, why didn't you say that until now? He's like, we lost the keys. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I just want to punch him. Were they ever found? Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's It's, it's it's insane. You're not even good at this. No. Like if you were if you were such a good salesman like your documentary wants to make him out to be, mm-hmm. wouldn't he have an excuse? Yeah. Something? Yeah. Yeah. I, I I don't know. It I I don't know. It just the the fact that you can get away with this is It's insane. It is. It is it is absolutely I mean insane. I mean he absolutely did not get away with this. But, right. But if I walk to somebody on the street and I go, "Give me your wallet because I'm going to make your dick 2 inches bigger." Right. I'm probably not going to get that wallet. No. I'll tell him it's an installment plan. Right. Well, did your documentary talk about how when he was out on bail for everything that happened with the fire Festival, how he started something ticket called scams again. NYC VIP access? Yeah, he started doing ticket scams again. And they were targeting... Selling tickets to like the Met Gala. There are no tickets to the Met no, Gala. No, you yeah. have... Exactly. Yeah. Selling tickets to our meet and greet for Taylor Swift. She doesn't do meet and greets. Right. He can't... Well, I mean, she will meet with fans sometimes, but I'm assuming she can't she, buy a ticket. Right. Exactly. And... Uh, She'll show up at your house. <laughs> yeah, and like Open selling the curtains. Bang! She's out, outside the window. <laughs> oh my god! And and like tickets to Burning Man when like tickets weren't even available yet and yeah. stuff like that. But yeah. th- that's but at, at this point you go like he can't stop. He can't stop. It's not that he can't stop. It's that he know he needs defense money. Do you know what I mean? He thinks the only way he yeah. knows how to make money is to scam people, and yes. he knows that people are easy to scam. Yes. So. Again, I kind of feel this weird. I don't feel bad for him, but I understand. I don't think it's a mystery. The mystery to me is how all the people who work for him, who are contracted by him, the people who look at this and go, do I want to, here's an orange square. Do I want to go to this or not? Right, right. How they all could buy into this as well. Mm -hmm. And my fire fraud attempts to answer that by positing that millennials interested in this culture of exclusivity consumption and exclusivity mm-hmm. and i'm not sure that that totally wraps it up it's a little it's a little succinct mm-hmm. but then my documentary is immediately flying off to something else because like i said it's kind of disjointed okay um what was the ultimate so what was the ultimate point then what would you think a narrative was in fire on netflix um I, I think the ultimate point was, like, there's this guy who thinks that, like, this train is never derailing. And uh, he doesn't give up on it until, like, one of the guys who was in charge of the talent was like, I canceled it. You know, there and there is no going to be no fire Festival now. And they already have people Who was there. that guy? 
He he was like one of the guys who was like booking people and stuff like that. I wish like you that. wrote down names. I know. I, I wish I had to. Does this name sound familiar? Grant Margolin? Oh, yeah. He, he wasn't that guy, though. Okay. Grant Grant was like, we was, still need to put this together. We need to put out he was a, CMO. a statement. Yeah. And, and like. Because the reason I'm interested in the answer is because he was from Jerry Media. Now, yes. Jerry Media has been in the news recently, probably because of the exposure that came from these two documentaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, they run a, an account called F Jerry, and it's yes. not F. Right. And they are basically like a marketing company. They have millions of followers, and you can hire them to. It's kind of like how you can, and I'm sure they talked about this in your documentary. You can hire Kendall Jenner to go. Oh, check out this fire festival. Yeah, and which is what they bucks. did. Right. Yeah, yeah, and they, mm-hmm. did, they did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, F Jerry's like that, but without a celebrity necessarily. They can create a campaign that is like based on memes, you know, or like images and stuff like that. And you can give them five hundred thousand dollars, and they can come up with some SpongeBob memes, you know, that sure. will go viral based on whatever your content is. Yeah. Well, they've gotten in trouble recently because they, and I don't think it's any kind of legal trouble because I think the ownership of a spongebob still with some words on it mm-hmm. is questionable mm-hmm. isn't it really cartoon isn't it viacom that owns that right uh but they take other people's creations and use them in their own campaigns sure so you're a memer you're a, a comedian in los angeles you've got ten thousand followers if that and you're like doing a spongebob thing and then in six weeks suddenly you see your spongebob thing as part of an f jerry media thing and right. it's got 50,000 retweets and there's no credit to you. I'd be pissed about that. So they're in trouble for that right now. Mm-hmm. But they were hired um, and brought on by the Fire Festival to yes. promote their thing. And yes. then the main guy was um, this Grant. Gr- Grant guy. Yes. Yeah. Who didn't talk to <laughs> my... Uh, was he interviewed for your no, show? No, he was not. No, he's pretty much, you know, he's out of the public eye right now. Yeah. But he was... Um, it it my movie threw a lot on him, you know that he yes, was mine did too, and he's not there to defend himself, right? Um, that he had falsified a lot of the details. Mm-hmm. That they literally, you know, the pictures of the villas, they usually just used like CAD to like c- computer to create a picture that like those villas were never real and didn't exist, right? And all this stuff. So, yeah. So anyway, your documentary, the greatest party that never happened, fire, mm-hmm. is produced in connection with Vice. By Jerry Media. That's so weird. By F. Jerry. Yeah. So knowing that, Mm -hmm. how does Jerry Media come off? They talk about them, but they don't emphasize them a whole lot. Hmm. So I think... It's it's mentioned a couple of times, but it, it, they're not at focus. Well, my movie talks to the guy that directed the Pig Island commercial. Yeah, talks to the people that you know shared the social media stuff. Talks to the people who were um, there was another guy who was uh, supposed to design the campaign. I think he came up with the the orange square or whatever, right. and all the marketing materials and then like the marketing deck, and yeah, like. At the end, they talk about J- how Jerry Mina is defending itself and kind of throwing the the people that they had working for him under the bus. And yeah. It's a very antagonistic relationship that they've got there. And then also, my documentary also points out that Jerry Media sponsored the, the documentary from the Netflix, Netflix documentary. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Well, he supposedly wanted to get everybody together so they could write something about 
the, uh, the festival, not be, how the festival was canceled. And he wanted it to start out like uh, due to circumstances beyond our control. And somebody called him out on it and was like, please stop lying. This was not beyond our control. We could have stopped Who was this. the somebody? I don't know. Because I, I heard a tape uh, recording of an investor's call mm-hmm. uh, with the company, uh, Magnusness or whatever they still called themselves, after the festival, where his employees were basically confronting uh, McFarlane about the fact that, like, on our sheet, you know, we had Comcast on there. Like, where's that money? Mm-hmm. We're, we're trying to pay for things mm-hmm. now. And on our, like, budget, like, that's, and it's not on there anymore. Right. And he's like, well, it's on, ongoing. We can't really talk about that. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it imploded for sure. Yeah. And I I actually, on, on my documentary, there was a, a recording of McFarlane talking to the employees of the Fire app and them saying, him saying, we're not firing anybody, but we're not going to pay anybody for a while. Yeah. And then people are like, so... Are you saying you're not letting us go, but if we quit, then we are not eligible for unemployment? Sure. And he's like, I don't know how it affects employees. It's like, how can you be so selfish? Well, and our not class action think... suit will affect you. Yeah. So maybe you should figure that out. I know. Uh, you can't get blood from a stone. Yeah. I guess there's not. no money. There's no money. Right. So just go now. That's what I say. Yeah. Um, I haven't been in that position myself. Uh, so. What do you think? If how how I don't know how to do this, and I don't want to speak for you, but what it seems like to me mm-hmm. is that your documentary is focusing on how many people were sort of let down by this, and yeah. maybe not making him the devil, but how Billy McFarlane was at the center of that. Oh, he absolutely was, and he was pushing everybody to, you know, like yeah, it, insane. But it's not Jerry Media's fault. No. Yeah. Well, like, right. Yeah. Whereas my documentary seems to think that it's the big short or something. Okay. Uh, in that it's trying to explain the, I don't think it's looking down on the youngs or anything, but it's trying to explain the conditions that could lead to someone like Billy and then also the people that enabled him. Mm-hmm. The bad faith investors, the bad faith media company that would help you sell your lie you know Mm -hmm. and how he's like a conductor who doesn't really even know what the song is but Mm -hmm. he's kind of keeping this all together right there's this one guy they interviewed who was kind of an older guy his first name was andy i don't know what his last name is but um he you know was a big believer in billy uh he had worked with him for like the last four years and he kept telling people that and was like you know I believe in him. Just trust him. It'll it'll turn out fine. And, you know, he was kind of demystified by this, too. Um, and then he talks about how, like, somebody else mentioned that, like, you know, the locals didn't get paid. And so they started, like, supposedly people put out hits on people or were threatening to, like... That sounds kind of crazy. It does. My documentary to... went to a crazy... Did you have any cartoons in your documentary? No. There was a couple cartoons in my documentary. Okay. <laughs> like, this is like a snowball effect. Well, we better show Goofy rolling down a hill in a snowball. Right. There was a, there was a lot of, um, uh, you know, um, it, here comes the airplane, the meatloaf. It was never meatloaf, uh, you know. <laughs> And if you laugh at that, you're not a millennial. Oh, stop. From Reality Bites, right? Okay, right. Um, 
Yeah, and then they were saying that other locals were trying to kidnap people, hostage them for money, but it seems like crazy. But this Andy guy, supposedly, he changed clothes with somebody and then like hid in the back of a car just to get out of the village or something like that. That's okay. I'm not saying that didn't happen. And I'm not saying that the locals, you know, in their frustration didn't do bad things. You know, none of that's in mind. That seems like a real vice kind of thing. It does. Because every vice production is about like, how did How's this white CD? person get in this weird oh, situation, right? Yeah. So that's their brand. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Okay, w- look, I mean, we could talk about this forever or maybe not. Um, we're at the end here. Instead of review, let's review each other's movies. Okay. It, which is to say, would you want to see the, the movie that I described? You've um, already spent 90 minutes with the Fire Festival. Mm-hmm. Would you want to double down for another a view? I guess I'd be interested in maybe a slightly less biased view. Um, because it, the movie I watched was put out by Jerry Media. Um, I guess I'd kind of be interested in seeing what Billy has to say for himself, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because he wasn't interviewed for mine at all. Yeah. Um, I guess one other thing I'd like to say about mine was uh, that some people were like, they couldn't find him at the end of the festival. And like there were so many stories about where he was. If They said it was like Dr. Evil. Like... He was doing this, or he was doing that, or he was here. At the or beginning he was of there. the festival, he was literally there, standing on a thing, like telling people, yes. "Just get in your tents. Right. It's a free for all. Right." Which is like, you have to kind of admire. If you are a, a don, a mogul, it doesn't go to the thing. Right. Do you know what I mean? Why don't you hire somebody that you can trust mm-hmm. that you're paying? Well, maybe that's the problem. Who does this? Why are you there? I know. You know, know, Vince McMahon doesn't go to a house, a non-televised house show no. and announce every wrestler that comes out. No. So why, he's standing on top of like a bucket or something and yes. telling people, there's no houses, get in your tents. Yes. You, I'm amazed no one died, not I, just from misadventure or this is, I don't know if your thing talked about this at all, but there was a huge storm like the night before as yes. setting up. And it's like, if it had just been bigger, you had a producer's situation on your hands right mm-hmm. like he could have writ, wrote, uh, wrote the whole thing off to insurance mm-hmm. except he didn't pay the insurance no he did not there was no insurance <laughs> so it's just like it's the goofiest thing ever yeah so anyway okay my turn yes. um i liked mine <laughs> yeah and i kind of tricked you because i wanted to watch mine because i read that mine was, was better. what it was not better <laughs> but was what it was um and it's weird now because the initial reviews I thought said that, you know, fire fraud was more honest than fire was. But now I'm seeing all these reviews and who knows mm-hmm. who media conglomerate owns what and who's been told to write what. But right. I'm hearing a lot now that fire is a better movie and I can believe that it's probably a slicker documentary. But yeah, whoever made slick. it and whoever wrote it, the thing that's kind of missing from fire fraud is the tales of people you know i never there's no suck a dick for water in mine oh yeah that's in mine that's not in mine that's in mine uh not that <laughs> not that that's the maybe that is the definitive story that was, of the fire festival that was andy who that, talked about that right that doesn't tell you anything about <laughs> how we got to this point right it just is like here's what made the tsunami happen a national geographic documentary here's the documentary on a different channel about all the people who had to swim and died and lost loved ones because of the di- a tsunami. Right. 
That's pretty good. It's a pretty good comparison. It's a pretty good comparison. And yeah. for that reason, I would I would want to watch it. Okay. But I say, you know, yeah. I mean, if this interests you, and if it doesn't, y- y- your life isn't going to be no different. Right. <laughs> it really isn't going to be any different. No. But if you like a little of this Schadenfreude, and um, and you want the whole story, take three hours watching both. Yeah. That's what I say. Yeah. They both sound pretty good. Yeah, I would agree with that. Did you ever have to make up your mind to pick up on one and leave the other behind? It's not often easy and not often kind. Anyway, uh, hopefully this show wasn't a disaster. I thought that went pretty good. I think so, too. How many times do you have the opportunity to do something like this? What are we going to watch? Oh, that's a good Volcano question. and Dante's Peak? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, sometimes there are dueling movies that come out around the same time. About similar subjects, though? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I feel like that's happened. You go find me okay. a couple of those. All right, I'll, I'll have to do I'll some I'll book research. a segment for that. Okay. Um, but while you're doing that, yeah. uh, you can tweet at us and make us influencers. Yes. Would you even, could you live that life? An influencer life? Yeah. I don't know. Don't you feel it's fake so public. just writing a tweet to promote something you worked hard on? Every time I write a thing like, check out this great show, I really do believe that I, I don't put up, well, sometimes we have off weeks, but I put up our podcast because you we believe worked it. hard on it yes. and care about it. And even I feel fake trying to get people to listen to it. So can you imagine being somebody who was literally paid to say, mm, Fiji water, it's thicker. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, well, anyway, it's kind of crazy. Give us, l- hey, let us try it out. Yeah, it's good working. We'll try it out. We will try it out yeah. for sure. So make us famous, <laughs> like Billy the Kid, uh, on Facebook and Twitter, uh, also on Instagram. We are there as well, and you can find us. Sign up for us at Just Enough Trope and join the conversation. You can also find us on all your podcatchers, your Apple Podcasts, your Google Podcasts, your Stitcher, that sort of thing. When you find us on there, subscribe to us because you can get the show. Right away. That's right. You don't just find it in a in a, a rainy gutter when you're walking down the street. What is this? You stick it in your ear. Oh, it's a show. It'll come to you dry. Yes. And unwrinkled and ready. That's like the opposite of like tan, rested and ready. It's like dry, unwrinkled and ready. Right. Uh, you can also review us, please, because we need to know how you think we're doing and what you want to hear in future episodes. And give us a rating. It's probably the most important part to Al Gore's rhythm to uh, <laughs> let those services know that we're doing a good job and we move up in the ranks and we get exposed to more people and more people can hear this junk. So give us five living like a movie stars, party like a rock stars, <laughs> because he says that at least five times. Yes, yes, he does, for sure. <laughs> Somebody gave him that line. He got out of that pretty well, didn't he? He, he did. He is being sued. Is he? I don't know in what capacity. Okay. And, you know, at some point you can just divest the corporation or whatever you know i mean if you've got an llc or whatever you're only on the line for so much right Right. but he is you know part of the suit they also did near the end of the documentary um they talked about how ja rule first of all he went on this show called happy hour which is like a web show slash podcast okay where you get drunk great (laughs) other guests okay basically they got him drunk and had him talk about fire, fire festival. festival yeah and he didn't say all that much but he basically like admitted that like oh yeah i was in it from day one and it's like ja ja why are you saying happy this hour is admissible right but you're basically saying that you're behind it right and he has started his own 
fire app type company called yes. Icon. I, I did hear about that in my documentary as well. <sighs> people never learn. Yeah, I know. Where would I be without you? <laughs> uh, so give us five stars because I don't want any liability. No. In that case. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about Alita Battle Angel. I said it right. Yes. Clap. Yes. With your four extra hands because you're a cyborg. <laughs> Uh, the new film from Robert Rodriguez and let's let's face it, James Cameron. Yes. Uh, talking about that and that's it. Can't wait. Uh, talk to you then. We're signing off for now. I'm your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Mikan Hana. Keep the geek fires burning. So many changes and tears you must hide. Did you ever have to finally decide?